Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Well, welcome to church, everybody. Welcome to Release City. I am so glad that you're in the house today. Um, One quick further announcement. We are getting ready in the month of February to launch our R groups. What is an R group? It's a small group of 10 to 15 people that gather together outside of this room, uh, and and they do stuff like... um, archery, gun shooting, um, ladies go shopping, there's separate Bible studies, there's couples bowling, these are just things we've had in the past, and, um, and we're getting ready to launch. It's one of the life uh, forces of the ministry is we've always said that we do life together. And, um, and, but in order to do that, we need leaders to actually be a part, a lead person who will say, you know what, I like to go shopping and I don't like to do it alone. How many ladies in the house say that's me? Just because your husband's sitting there, he already knows. Y'all like, I'm not raising my hand. Or maybe you like to shop by yourself. I don't know. But um, whatever it is that you enjoy doing, I guarantee you that there is somebody else, probably four or five people in this room, that would enjoy doing the exact same thing. What is a leader? What is a lead member? What is a lead group uh, of an R group? Do they have to do a Bible study? Do you have to get up and pray? No, it, it's just doing life together. It's just simply, it's just, it's just going through life. And, and you never know the relationships and things. And it's also a good way for people who say, you know what, and you've heard them say it all the time, if I go, you know, you try to invite them to church and they give you that response, well, if I go to church, the walls are going to cave in, right? Anybody ever heard somebody say that? Maybe you've said that before. Well, when you invite them to maybe, maybe a gun range trip, if you're a guy, or maybe a couple's bowling night, and they see, you know what? Being a Christian and going to church is actually, it's pretty cool because they already have this preconceived idea that church is, um, um, right? And they're like, I can have more fun in the world. Well, I don't think that there should be more fun in the world. I think church should be the most happening place in town. Amen? And so... So there is a sign-up sheet at guest services on your way out, uh, and we're going to take the next couple weeks. If you would like to be a small group leader, and basically you're just saying, hey, you know what, I'm at least going to call everybody who signs up. I'm going to call them or text them, however you communicate, and, and at least put one, together one event for February, March, and April. And some of the groups meet more than once a month, but I'm telling you, it is the way that we stay connected as a ministry. Because let's just be honest, sometimes we need more than just Sunday. Amen? And sometimes you need more than just hearing my voice. You need to hear somebody else who may be going through the same thing. I mean, you're sitting there and you're bowling and you're talking, hey, man, it's been a rough week. Hey, would you pray with me? Or, or you know, you're shopping. I mean, just the way God will work. He works through relationships. Amen? And so we, and you're like, well, I got to pray about it. I'm just telling you, if there is something you take an interest in, I guarantee you, you can be used by God to impact somebody's life. Amen? So sign up on the way out. We've got um, that, that clipboard is out there for you to sign. And uh, we're just going to be uh, encouraged by what God is going to do through our small groups. Amen? End of commercial. <laughs> I've missed you, Brother Jack. It's been lonely, brother, up here. I'm just telling you, it's been good. It's good to have that voice back in the house. So, amen. Y'all young, give it up. Yeah, absolutely. Some of y'all need a little fire starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that little kindling. You know, once you light it, that sucker will light up quick. 
and you get around it, and you're going you're gonna to light up too. So just be careful who's on your row. If Jack sits on your row, just get ready. You're about to catch, catch flight. Amen. So last week, we kicked off this two-part series entitled Five Ways Fasting Will Change your life. If you have never done it before, I'm telling you, fasting will change your life. And I just have to say, babe, I don't know. You know, you already knew. She done put me on spot talking about my accountability is a little weak. Hey, babe, my alarm goes off at 4 a.m. five days a week. You're more than welcome to get up with me at 4 a.m. The Bible, stay tuned. I'll let you know how it goes after tomorrow. (laughs) putting me on blast like that boy what you talking about y'all don't even know i'm gonna go straight for the pots and pans it's a good day in the weber house let's go to the gym (laughs) hey poor amy poor me i'm the pastor and she's talking about his accountability level is weak (laughs) Hey, there you go, there you go. No, poor Ansley, because she has to deal with both of us in the house. And not for long. Let's not talk about that. Okay, anyway, so five ways fasting will change your life. Now, as many of you know, every year at the beginning of the year, as a church, we embark on a 21-day journey of prayer and fasting. We always say that we don't fast to get more from God, we fast so that God can get more from us. Did you hear what I said? A lot of times we like, well, I'm going to petition God. I I think I joked about it last week. I I gave up my snack at lunchtime. You owe me a new Silverado truck, God. Huh? It's not that. It's not what can I get from God. It's, It's what can God get from me. Okay? So last week, as we got ready to begin the journey, and today being day one of that journey, I thought it was important to give some context to this journey that we call prayer and fasting. I told you last week, and I think I said it already, that, that spiritual fasting, listen, spiritual fasting is not a fad diet, although the intent of fasting is to get you lean. Some of y'all might have missed that in worship, but that hit me like a ton of bricks this week. Because there's a lot of fad diets. There's intermittent fasting and, and all those kinds of things. And sure, there is a, there's a side to that, that that helps you slim down in the physical. But on the spiritual side of that, it will also slim you down and lean you up from the things of your flesh. And that's not always, doesn't always feel good. And the church said, amen. The most basic definition that I can give you on fasting is this. Fasting is going without what you want. To access what you really need. Most of the time when a pastor announces a corporate fast, there's a few things that happen almost immediately. I know last week I tried to have a little fun with it and do the um, Mission Possible, uh, Mission Impossible. You know, so some of y'all would kind of let your guard down. That way when the word came out, you would be like, wow, that's, not, that's, uh, that's a little different than what I thought. Because if I would just came up and said, hello, church, good morning. We're going to start a 21-day fast. Some of y'all be already looking at your clock going, babe, where are we going to eat when he gets done? Right? But instead, your guard came down, and the Holy Spirit was able to minister to your heart through his word. 
One of the, one of the first things that happens, and just, just kind of recapping in case you weren't here last week, is one, anytime somebody says a corporate fast, one of the first things that gets initiated is this intimidation factor. It kicks in and people automatically opt out and say, there's no way. Fasting is not for me. I need my coffee. I need my donuts. Hello, Krispy Kreme. I need that filet mignon. I'm going I'm to stop because some of y'all are like, it's too early for me to get that hungry. I'm just telling you, I'm already fasting. And mine is, is uh, right now is breakfast and, and all liquid is water. And I'm telling you, I'm probably going to lean up. But I believe that I'm going to lean up in the spirit as well. Amen. There needs to be a change. If there's not change, and if it's not a sacrifice, then you're on a diet and you're wasting your time. It's got to be a sacrifice. If, if, fasting wasn't, if fasting doesn't intimidate you, chances are pretty good. You don't understand what fasting is and how it can change your life. The intimidation factor. Or... When someone says fasting, we approach it with this legalistic mindset that causes us totally to miss the entire point of fasting. We've got these rules and regulations that we have to have. And if you sync up with somebody or link up with somebody who's on the fast too, and I'm not saying that you don't need an accountability partner, but at the same time, what you're fasting is between you and God. So it's not for me to say what you should fast. You know what your heart longs for the most. Maybe that's a good place to start. Or when we begin to fast, we cave in after the first couple of days under the pressure and we become so lenient that the fast becomes irrelevant and it's nothing more than an obligation. Hear me. God is way more interested in who you're becoming than what you're giving up. Let me say that again. God is more interested in who you're becoming than the number of coffees that you're giving up. The, the point is, are you becoming somebody? <laughs> somebody like, yeah, I'm becoming an angry, hangry husband. Show me the red meat. Hello? <laughs> it's going to be an interesting 21 days. Because fasting is going without what you want to access what you need. Last week, I gave you two of the five ways that fasting will change your life. This week, I'm going to give you the last three. One of the ones I gave you last week, number one, in case you weren't here, point number one, fasting realigns your soul. Ever had a vehicle out of alignment? You ever been behind a car going down the road and, and the body of the car is like this and it's driving like this? Have you ever seen those? I don't want to go up beside him. Hey, bro, you, you needed an alignment. Right? Or you ever been down the interstate and their, their tires going, whoa, 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 and you're like hitting 85 to get around them? Why? Something's getting ready to go off. Same is true in our lives. When we try to go through life without God and do it on our own, this is exactly what our life sounds like. And if you're not careful, something's going to go off. <laughs> we read in John 3, uh, the third John 1 and 2, uh, verse chapter 1 verse 2 there's only one chapter so it's verse 2 and it said this beloved I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health comma as it goes well with your soul the writer was saying I hope that you're in good health I hope your family is doing amazingly good I hope your job is great but only as good as it is with your soul listen 
The condition of your soul must be your first priority. But what do we focus on? I need the job to be great. I need the perfect spouse. I need my car to, I need armor all. I need everything just to line up. No, 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 no. That may make you happy, but your soul is malnourished. Fasting realigns your soul. Number two, from last week, and then we're moving on. Fasting taps you into the power to resist temptation. Fasting will tap you into the power to resist temptation. I told you last week that the power you get from fasting is not from the fast. I got to say that because if you feel like the fat, if, any, if anything, your, spit, your, your flesh is going to become very weak because you're not putting the substance in it that you typically would. Basically, let me say it this way. The power of fasting is not in the principle of fasting. It's in the person of Jesus. That's where the power comes from. Fasting just realigns your soul and puts you into the presence of God. And that's where the power comes from. At the beginning of today's message, we use that video as a reminder that the life that you're living every day, the life that you wake up to isn't about you. It's not about your family. It's not about your job. And it's not about your life goals. The big house with the white picket fence. That's not, that's not what your life is truly about. See, when God designed and created you, he did it with purpose. And that purpose is what the Bible calls your race. Everybody say, I'm a runner. Keep running. <laughs> Each one of us are in this life to run a race specifically designed for us. So what's that look like? When you wake up tomorrow and you go to that job or you go to that class or you, you, have, to, you have to run that house, clean the house, take the trash out, wash the kids' clothes, or, or, or there's kids to raise, remember, these are all part of your race. The problem is we live in a world and in a society that is always pushing on us. Just to be honest, right? Pushing us to do what? Pushing us to go faster. Pushing us to, to, to occupy our time with unnecessary things. See, culture is constantly giving us more to do, but we still only have the 24 hours to get it done. Church, that's a problem. You're going to give me more to do, but I still got, anybody got a boss you go to? And you've got a, you've got a designated things that you have to do every day. And then and they come in and go, hey, before you start, here's some extra things I need, you, I need you to do today. It ain't always, well, God bless you, brother. That's not always your response. Is it? No, you immediately go into anxiety level and worry and all this stuff because the world culture is constantly putting more on us and only giving us the same amount of time to get it done. And all of these things are distractions. And what's happening is we're missing out on the journey and the experiences of our race. Now, this is where fasting comes in. Are you taking notes today? It's what makes fasting so important. Because I'm just going to be honest. Time is ticking away. Time and everything. Things aren't slowing down. They're speeding up. And fasting, this hit me so hard this week, fasting is the ticket to what you need. And I'm going to show you. 
Because life is full of twists and turns, ups and downs. But when we set aside time to pray and fast, I told you last week, it's like a NASCAR driver who's learning the right time to hit the brakes as he goes into the turn because when he comes out of the turn, it's time to accelerate. And some of you are in a turn right now in your life. And we know curves don't last forever. But sometimes our problems do. And God allows us to go in that turn into that problem. And sometimes if y'all remember, I remember growing up, my mom worked at, at, a, at a store called Sky City. And it was the Walmart of today. And I'll never forget, I would get off the school bus and I would go and she would load me up with quarters. And there was this, there was this um, arcade game that you would sit in. It was a car game. You would sit in it. And, and, and when you would go off the road, that thing would go, right? And I, would, I learned then that it's important. I mean, it gave me all the brakes and the pedals and the gear shift and everything. It's important to know when to, when to brake. You can't, you can't keep the same speed going into a turn or a problem that you do when things are great in your life. Hello? Because you'll go off the track. I can't tell you the number of times that my little car flipped on that screen. How many times have you flipped on this race, on this journey, because you've been trying to go the same pace, the same speed through the obstacle, through the turn? A lot of times people will say, hey, B, how you doing? God, do I be honest or do I lie? How you doing? If you've ever asked me that question, you know I've probably given a response like this. Hey, I'm good, but I'm just trying to find the pause button. You, anybody ever said, like, that? that's usually my, I'm trying to find the pause button. Why? Because life is just, whew, shoo, shoo. I just need it to slow down just a minute. I'll book a cruise. I'll book a beach trip. I'll book a mountain trip. I'll do it. God, just get me away from all this stuff. Anybody else? I'm looking for a way to slow down. Can I just remind you, you are the manager of your life. You are the sole management person of your life. Nobody can make you do what you don't want to do. Let me say this about fasting and I'll move on. Fasting is the pause button. I found it. I found the button. Fasting is the way to go slow down. It's called being intentional with my time. See, we don't pray and fast to look spiritual. We don't pray and fast to look religious. We pray and fast for a changed life. That's why. We pray and fast to break off the yoke of negative forces on our lives, on our hearts, our relationships, our church, our children, and our marriages. That is why we fast. It's not the fast that gives us the power. It's when it positions us to be in the room with the Holy Spirit of God who gives us the power. That's why we sang that song again today. This is the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. I know some of y'all going, I know the song, B. Can that track please end? 
Seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. Why? Then you'll be filled. You got some needs? Ask and he will. When you seek the kingdom. Not just come and go, okay, God, here's my list. I'm asking. You said you will. But are you seeking the kingdom or are you seeking that? Because what could possibly be happening is you think you need that, but as you seek the kingdom, you find out, hey, that's not actually what I need. This is what I actually need. And it changes your, it changes your perspective of what you really need. So prayer and fasting will change your life. What are you believing God for in 2024? What wall have you been consistently hitting over and over and over in your life and you just can't seem to find your way around it? What walls are you facing in your finances? Can we just be real? Hello? What walls are you facing in your relationships? What walls are your kids facing? Are you willing to stand in the gap for your kids? What walls are you facing in your marriage? Let's talk about it. Listen, fasting is the key. It's the key. If you got issues in your marriage, I'm going I'm to go ahead and tell you, the same pace you're running right now is not going to solve the problem. Chances are pretty good the pace that you're running is partly responsible for that. You got to slow down. Fasting positions us to experience complete and total victories in all of those areas, whatever the walls are. So number one, fasting realigns your soul. Number two, fasting taps you into the power to resist temptation. Number three, here it is, brand new, hot off the press. Here it comes. Fasting gets you ready. Gets you ready for what? Let's take a trip back, shall we? This time... Four years ago, January 2020, Dad and I transitioned the ministry. I stepped into the lead role. I knew that there was vision, vision, not that it changed, but, but the way we execute the vision was, and we changed the name of the ministry to no longer just be a church that says, hey, come look what we're doing. We're moving forward to saying, hey, we're not just a church in our city. We're a church for our city, and what we have, we want to release it to the city. And so, so there was vision. We knew that we were going to launch a building program in the spring. The, the leadership team and finance committee, we talked about all that. This is how, this is how we're going to lay it out. We fasted in January of 2020. Just, 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 ready to, just so much momentum. God, it's going to be a great year. And within months, the nation shut down. And then just a few months later, my stepmom, Robin, got diagnosed with the, the very aggressive bladder cancer. She, I think she was diagnosed in June or July. She passed in, in September. Dad passed three weeks later of a heart attack. Can I tell you, can I tell you what, sustain, what I believe sustained this ministry? What sustained my family? What sustained those of you that have been a part, had been a part of the ministry? And I mean, because it wasn't just our family whose world was rocked. Those of you that had a relationship with dad or coached by dad, your world got rocked. Can I tell you what stabilized this house so that we could be a stabling mechanism for you? It was the fast. See, fasting gets you ready for the unknown. 
We, we walked into January not having a clue about COVID. Dude, we shut this place down for three months. I don't want to go over the story. Some of y'all know the story. And God was faithful through all of it, but it was the fast. I can't even imagine my mindset. I mean, I already know what it was when, when we walked through those dark days. I can't imagine having not fasted. That's why it was so important that in 2021, when the clock rolled around, the calendar rolled around, we did it again. And that was why, that is why we did not follow Free Chapel in Gainesville, Georgia, as we have for years as far as the timetable for the fast. We always start on the first Sunday of the, of the year. It was important that you got some context and you understood what fasting is and what fasting can do for you. When you do it the right way. And then I just, the Holy Spirit prompted me this morning to share, hey, it was the fast that stabilized us as a family, as a church family, and as a ministry when all hell was coming against us. 2023 wasn't easy for a lot of people. There were doctor's reports. We've got people in the hospital right now that are part of this ministry. There has been an attack, and I'm telling you, fasting will give you the power, not the fast, but the position. Because if, if you don't get in front of God during the moment you're giving up something and you're sacrificing, it is just a diet, and there'll be no change. In Matthew chapter 17, y'all can turn there. Which where we're going to land for the next few moments. In Matthew 17, we read where Jesus' disciples met a man whose son was demon-possessed so badly that he was having seizures almost daily. And if there was a fire, he would throw himself into it. If there was water, he would plunge into the, the, the water. And as hard as the, 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 they tried, the disciples couldn't do anything about it. These are the guys that had walked with Jesus where the power source was. They walked with him, and even yet, they could not do anything for this young man. So Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 says this, And when they had come to the multitude, a man, had, a man came to him kneeling down, to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't, they could not cure him. Then Jesus <laughs> answered and said, I have read this in multiple translations, and it's funny no matter which one you read it in. Jesus said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. He wasn't talking to the crowd. He was talking to the 12 or however many of his disciples were there at the moment. You faithless and perverse generation. What? This, 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 Jesus, we're close. Like we live, breathe, sleep, ministry. All, we're together 24-7. And you're saying I'm faithless and I'm perverse? He says, he says, how long shall I, how, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. This sounds like a frustrated Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus rebuked the demons, demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that hour, from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. No kidding. He's already exposed them publicly that you're faithless and you're perverse. 
I would be taking Jesus aside too, going, in case your answer is any worse than what you said on your own, I need to know. Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Verse 21, this is the key verse right here. However, this kind does not go out except, everybody say except. It's not going to happen except for prayer and fasting. The disciples asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast it out? Does that sound familiar? Why can't I get past this, God? Why does it feel like my breakthrough is just, is just completely out of reach? Why am I still battling this situation? And Jesus responded by saying, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This kind of what? This kind of faith. Faith. He wasn't talking about the demon that came out. He was talking about this kind of faith. Because he addressed it openly. He said, you're faithless and perverse. When Jesus said this kind, he was referring to this kind of faith. Listen, which is a growing faith that comes from a growing relationship with God. Everybody say growing faith. See, a faith that's growing comes from a relationship with God that's growing. <laughs> How do I get it? Prayer and fasting. So the issue isn't the walls you're hitting. Bam, bam, bam. The issue is what's the condition of your soul? What's the condition of your faith? If you're not growing in your relationship with God, if you are in the same place this year that you were last year, there was limited growth. And I'm here today to tell you, church, can I just be your pastor? you got to grow. You have to grow. You have to be in a different place. i got to be in a different place next week, y'all. Mindset, I, I, I can guarantee you that I will be because for the next 20 days, 21 days, I've said no to my flesh in some areas, and I'm replacing them with time with God. That will change. That will change. His word says it. Can I just tell you the truth and shame the devil? You ready? Perhaps the reason we go year after year fighting the same battles is because our faith and relationship with God aren't growing. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. Hear me. But I am saying that the problem might be the fact that you've become so complacent in your Christianity and growing in your faith is no longer a priority. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first. Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
and all these things. So I got to seek the kingdom, but I also got to seek that my life is in right standing with him. Seek the kingdom and his righteousness. Right living. Say that. Say right living. It's impossible to seek the kingdom and not live right. It's, it, it's impossible. If there's an area that you're not, that's, that's not right, you're not living right, there's an issue with what you're seeking. Listen to the voice of God. Don't, this is not Pastor Bradley today. Listen to his voice because he's, he's downloading this as I speak. If the kingdom of heaven isn't your number one priority, then every other, every other area in your life is going to be off balance. I told the sync story last week, the boy band, right? If you've ever felt out of sync, it's because in life, it's because your number one priority isn't what it should be. Because when you make him the first, everything else flows down. So the issue isn't everybody else, all these walls and things. It's not everybody else because you can't control everybody else, but you can control how you respond to everybody else. And my response changes based on the amount of time that I've spent with the Father. The same is true in my relationship with my wife. When there's intimacy, can y'all handle that? When there's intimacy between me and Amy, it doesn't matter what comes, comes around in, in my life or her life. I'm not going to take it out on her because there's an intimacy. There's something that's happened. Can I, can I just be real? But if there's a blockage, hello, in our intimacy, guess who the first person is going to get? My flesh moment when I'm aggravated. I'm going to take it out on her. But I'm less likely to do it, and I'm, less, I'm more likely to handle and manage my relationship with her more appropriately when there's been intimacy. Same is true for your relationship with God. It's all about having an intimate relationship with him. If you thought I was on the SEX kick right there, you missed the whole point. It's about a, an intimate relationship with God. And the perfect example is my relationship with her. And if my relationship with him is out of balance, so shall it be in my home. So again, if you've got a wall in your home, it goes back to what's first. You are responsible for putting it first, putting him first. Then everything, seek first the kingdom, and all this will be added. Prayer and fasting helps us. It prepares us and gets us ready. Side note, fasting gives you spiritual authority. I know I'm only giving you five. This is not part of the five, but it's an extra. Fasting gives you spiritual authority. What is spiritual authority? Simply put, spiritual authority is the ability to bring the kingdom of heaven to places and spaces that it currently is not. And I don't think we put that on the screen, so I'll say it again. Spiritual authority is the ability to bring the kingdom of heaven to places and spaces that it is currently not. See, Jesus brought the kingdom to that little boy's body and the demon fled. Did it argue with him? 
No. <laughs> you say, yeah, but that was Jesus. You're absolutely right, it was. And it was also Jesus who said that through him, we would do greater works than him. So there is no excuse. So fasting gets us ready. Are y'all good? I'm, I'm coming down shortly. When you're faced with a heavy situation or you're under attack, you don't have to then get ready. You're already ready because you fasted. That's why we don't fast. Sure, we may call a fast for something specific throughout the year, but that's why we start the very first part of this year in, in a corporate fast because it's preparing us and getting us ready for the unexpected. 2020 proved it. See, fasting just might mean the difference between ordinary and extraordinary in your life. I don't know about you, but I don't want just an ordinary life. I don't want an ordinary average marriage. I want an extraordinary marriage. And babe, you are extraordinary. Gentlemen, maybe you should tell her the same thing. Hey, hey. <laughs> It'll get you ready. Okay. Point number four. Are you ready? Fasting gives you real rest. How you doing, B? I'm trying to find the pause button. You ever been on, we went to vacation to find rest, and somebody asked you how your rest was, and your vacation was, they call it rest, and you'd be like, It was taxing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You go on vacation and you don't do them but work the whole time. And I'm not talking about the work that you take your computer and work. I'm saying you go to the beach trip. You got to load up all your stuff. Well, first you got to cook breakfast, right? And you got to clean all that up. And then you got to load up all your stuff and carry it out to the beach. You got to lay it all out, set up the tent. Snacks, all that stuff. And if you got little ones, don't even go on vacation until, until they're old enough. Oh, my gosh. You got snotty noses and sand all in the mix. And so, and then and when it's lunchtime, you got to lower the tent. Why? Because it might get blown away. And I don't know about y'all, but our Ohio State, we pay too much money for our Ohio State tent. I can't just leave that thing sitting up. We got to pull it down. Hello, somebody. I mean, y'all's team, y'all, you know, probably okay to leave it. I don't know. Anyway, just kidding. Really just kidding. Let me get off course. Here we go. And so then you got to go back to, back to the room. Got to get all, and, and, and you may not even have a condo that's like right there. You might, you might have to get in your car and go back to your condo. Hello, what am I saying? I could go through the whole day. That was just the first half of the day. Then you got, at the end, you got to pack it all up and go back to the condo. Everybody's got to get showers. And if you're last, guess what? There's no hot water for you. Hello. It's taxing. I went on vacation to find rest. <laughs> there was no rest for my soul. But fasting will give you real rest. Matthew 11, verse 28 and 30, in the message translation says this. Are you tired, worn out? Burned out on religion. Come to me. This is Jesus. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. 
So if Jesus is offering real rest, that must mean there is also something called fake rest. And I just demonstrated what that was. That's fake rest. That's why for me, the best vacation is a cruise. There is no time frame. I can show up if I want to. And the food, my shower, everything is right there. I don't even have to get off the boat if I don't want to. They'll wash your clothes for you. They cook clean. I don't have to clean up nothing. That's, that's my, that's for me, that's rest. I can disconnect. But even that is rest for my flesh. But what I'm telling you today is there is rest for your soul. And when you do it God's way, it will provide rest for your flesh and your soul. What a vacation on a cruise will never do. See, that's the problem. We try to replace what our spirit needs and our flesh needs with things of the flesh rather than what God needs. And the only way you're going to know what God needs, I mean, God wants for you is when you seek him first. Jesus said, I'll show you how to take a real rest. And the invitation still holds true today. What? Did you know that Jesus required Israel to Sabbath at least one day a week? What is, what is Sabbathing? Sabbathing is fasting from being a human doing. And we're reminded that we are a human being and not God. That's what Sabbath is. Instead of do, 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 I get to be present and remember that I'm not God. And as cheesy as that sounds, it's almost impossible for us to do it, to rest, to Sabbath. I grew up in church, I mean, uh, in a house where obviously Sabbath is Sunday. But I'm telling you, I'm not Sabbathing today, <laughs> clearly. But we didn't mow grass on Sundays. I felt dad put such fear in me that if I washed my car on Sunday, I was going to hell. Because <laughs> that's the Sabbath day. But I'm here today to tell you and remind you, you need to have a day. And Becky reminds me all the time. She does a lot of our office stuff. She'll text me on a Monday. You ain't done it in a while, Beck. And I need you to keep me accountable. Maybe your accountability is a little weak. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Felt good to use it right there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She, she would text me early on and say, because Monday is I try to use as my day off. And she'd say, are you, are you off today? And see, the way I work is when I know I've got a list of to-dos, I like to go ahead and get a jump on it on Mondays. What, what happens is then I roll into Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and before I know it, it's time to be here again. And I've had taken no time for me. So I'm going to get better. Because I understand the importance. I, mean, I can't teach this and not do this. <laughs> and it's hard. I'm telling you. It's retraining my brain. I had no intentions of even saying this. But as I was telling you, the Holy Spirit was convicting me and going, you know, tomorrow's Monday. Are you going to be off or not? See, because the enemy, will, he does not care that I will load up my calendar full of ministry stuff. And I wear myself completely out. And then I'm no good for you or my family. And the same is true for you. Work, 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 work. 
just working all the time and you have nothing to give your family at the end of the day. Can I tell you what real rest, what real resting involves? Real resting involves trusting God, trusting that God never sleeps and never slumbers. Anybody have an issue with worrying? Worry. <laughs> worrying. W-O-R-R-Y-I-N-G. Worrying. Anybody got an issue with worrying? There's no rest in worry. Hot news flash. The earth is not going to stop spinning and fall off its axis just because you choose to rest. Just going to let that marinate for a minute. Yeah, but I got stuff to do. No, you need to rest or you won't be able to do that stuff. Here's the challenge. Here's a challenge, okay? This is aside from fasting. This is, this is one that maybe you should try after the fast, but you could get, go ahead and get in, get in on it now. Fast from your phone for two hours a day, preferably when you're awake. <laughs> I know, just for some of y'all that found that loophole. <laughs> oh, I can do that. Fast from your phone for two hours a day. Listen, if you touch your phone 2,600 times a day, at the end of your life, you have logged nine years of staring at that screen. The truth is, we are now available, because of technology, we are now available to everyone and present with almost no one, including God. We're available to everybody. <laughs> and then get offended if you don't respond. I'm a manager of this temple. True story in closing. See, if we don't get this, will continue to be discipled by a social media algorithm rather than Jesus. The way algorithm works, what comes up in front of you on your phone is based on what you've searched for, what it's heard you talk about. Even algorithm can't put something in front of you that you haven't done first remember you are the manager of this device but if we're not careful we'll become discipled by algorithm rather than Jesus true story in 2021, two men were stranded at sea. You may remember this. Two men were stranded at sea for 29 days in the South Pacific when, they, when their GPS stopped working. Barely surviving off of coconuts they found floating in the ocean. Anybody remember this story? When they, when they were finally... It, it's true. I didn't make it up. It's not a preacher just coming up with a story. It's there. Google it, okay? Just like I did. When they were finally rescued and in an interview, one of the guys said, and I quote, yeah, it was kind of a nice break from everything. 
29 days. I'm not talking about you knew at the end of 29 they were somebody going to come get you. I'm saying after day one, I'm freaking out. They literally shut their motor off, their engine off, and, and they, they, they co uh, not coast, drifted out because they wanted to save their gasoline. Day one, okay. Day two, dude, day 28, I'm flipping out. And he says, it was a break from everything. I mean, 2021, that was just out the gates of COVID in 2020. Hello. Can you imagine? No updates. Not worrying about who's in the White House. Who's coming up next. Can I tell you, maybe what would help us to not worry is when we don't have so much to worry about. And the reason we have so much to worry about is because we're opening up because we want to know all about it. Am I talking to anybody today? I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to lead a church that, that, that has now found the pause button. And it's called fasting. I wonder if the reason our souls are so restless most of the time is due to the fact that thanks to modern technology... We're literally aware of everything going on around the globe. Everything. You know what Ukraine's doing. You know what China's doing. You know what the U.S. is not doing. I mean, we know it all. But can I tell you? I know people send me stuff. I'm like, but I think we're supposed to be knowledge, knowledge, knowledgeable about stuff. But if you already know you're having an issue managing the knowledge that you have, maybe it's time to shut some of that off. Because at the end of the day, God is still in control. If a missile is launched, God is still in control. Hello. I'm, just, I'm trying to help some people out. I know I haven't given you number five. It's on its way. I believe Jesus is speaking to you today and he's saying, come away with me. Let me be God because I'm good at it. Take a real rest. Final way fasting will change your life. Fasting eventually leads to real joy. Because the truth is, at the beginning of the fast, like day number two, especially if you're giving up sodas, headaches come. Your flesh is like, hey, are you forgetting something? You know Krispy Kreme's on the other side of town. You in Gainesville, nobody's going to know. <laughs> but eventually, fasting will lead you to real joy. Listen, when we begin taking away certain foods that our body screams, I got to have it, I got to have it. And when we take away shopping to cure our boredom, and when we take away sips of alcohol or medications to relieve the pressures of life or having the TV on just to have some background noise, when I intentionally remove the things and take them away, I'm able to tap into something amazingly better. And I'm, I say it all the time. God has something amazingly better for you. I can't.
came today to remind you as we begin this 21-day journey that God has something amazingly better for you and your family. But, everybody say but. There's always a but. But it's going to cost you. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to cost your flesh. And your flesh isn't going to like it. But it's worth it. It's worth it. To be further along coming into February than where you are right now spiritually. To be further along in your marriage than where the condition that it's in right now. It's worth it. 21 days you can do without coffee. 21 days. And I said this last week. A lot of times we just, we cop out and go, I'm going to give up social media for 21 days. That doesn't hurt. I mean, it, it may, but that's actually good for you. It's got to be a sacrifice. It's got to be something that your flesh, I mean, I'm hungry right now. I mean, I woke up hungry because <laughs> I didn't eat a lot last night, knowing what today was going to be. And my flesh is going, you stupid idiot. <laughs> you expect your flesh to talk nice to you? Mine don't. Look at you, fat boy in the mirror. They hear it all the time. I couldn't even tie my shoes this morning. And the hands of grace walks in and goes, what's wrong, Dad? Can't bend over and tie your shoe? <laughs> I snorted. Fasting is worth it. Everybody say, he has something amazingly better for me. And in the words of Jesus, this kind of faith is only going to come out through prayer and fasting. If you haven't started, Adam, get ready. If you haven't started the fast and you want to start, you can jump in. We posted this on the Facebook page if you need it for later because it is going to be on the screen for you. If you, <coughs> if you haven't started the fast and you want to start, here's, here's what you do. Number one, pick your fast. What are you going to sacrifice? Number two, set goals and write them down. What do you want to see God do? Number three, feast on the word of God. Don't just give up a food and not replace it with time with God. Number four, open your life before God. We sang that today, I will make room for you. That's an that's a, that's a indication that God, this is yours. I, it belongs to you. This vessel, this temple, it belongs to you. And number five, expect God to move. I cannot wait to hear the miracles and the stories of what God is going to do as we obey him through his word, through prayer and fasting. It's going to be an amazing journey. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Can you give Jesus Christ one more hand clap of praise? Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you, and until next time, the best is yet to come.